You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Every once in a while, I go into this state of maybe getting in my head a little bit, or maybe it's just reconsidering. And I think to myself, huh, do I need to possibly refresh the podcast and give it a new vibe and a new energy and a new cover and a new song and the intro? But you know what? That intro song is like one of my favorite songs ever, and I can never get tired of hearing it. So that was just on my mind as I'm diving into this podcast. I was listening to my intro song, and I was jamming out here, and I'm like, yes, the song never gets old. I hope y'all feel the same way, because it's probably going to stay around for a while. Today, we're talking about what to do when you feel guilty for living a good life, for having abundance, for having things given to you, for being privileged, for having a good love life, for being in a circle of people sharing your stories and everyone's story is so much more pain-filled. Pain-filled? Okay, the other way to say that is painful. Um, (laughs) Painful than yours and you feel guilty for that. So this is a, a topic that's coming up in my life a lot recently. I just sat down to write out some notes of different angles I wanted to cover when it comes to this conversation and I thought of one instance with almost every one of my clients that this has come up. I thought of an instance that this came up with my friend just last night and I thought of an instance where this came up with someone that I had dated because it seems to be very common and very, hmm, what's the word? Seems to be very like a go-to move within your mind that the minute things start going well, the way that you have been praying that they would go or sending out signals to the universe or focusing on abundance and focusing on manifesting what you want and the minute you start to receive what you want, you start feeling bad about it. And you then it, like the universe is like, what's up? I'm giving you what you wanted. I thought this was good. Wait a minute, you must not want it. Let me take it away. So. I want to help nip this in the bud as quickly as possible. And I mean that in the most loving and playful way. Of course, I want you to feel your feelings, but I also want to give you some encouragement and insight as to why feeling guilty has no place in the goodness of your life. Feeling shame for having a good life, there's no space for that. And I want to encourage you to move in that direction of owning your story. Yes, the brilliance. Yes, the abundance. Yes, the wealth. 
all of the good things that are headed your way or heading your way or you currently have, I want you to love those about yourself and stop dimming your light. And we'll get into that today. It's been a while since I did a review of the week, so I'm going to do one today. This comes from Maya Maddie. Maya Maddie 89 and Maya Maddie 89 says, This podcast is awesome with five stars. Maddie is amazing. Her earliest work was a catalyst to my eating disorder recovery. At the time, it was the only message I had been exposed to that wasn't all about restriction and overexercising. I feel like I have grown right alongside Maddie as she has evolved from a focus on recovery and intuitive eating all the way to the more recent episodes on spirituality, self-care, and relationships. The show was honestly made made me the show has honestly made me so much more open-minded and curious about life at large she gives her listeners so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom and things to explore on their own in each and every episode you're such a bright light and your energy is contagious thank you for who you choose to be and all that you do thank you wow that was such an encompassing review that really means so much to me to read that you have been along this journey for so long and you were here whenever we talked about restriction and we talked about moving away from a life of over-exercising and over-analyzing the body all the way to now where we're talking about those deeper things like relationships and spirituality and thank you for saying who you choose to be that was that does not go unrecognized or unseen I really appreciate you acknowledging that stepping out in this world and the way that everyone is currently doing who listens to the show is a choice. So each one of you should be acknowledging of yourselves for choosing to listen to this podcast, for choosing to pick up the books we talk about in this podcast, for choosing to engage in the Facebook community. That Those are all choices and you learn how to grow in the ways that you want to grow by doing the quote work. So Maddie, thank you so much for leaving that very sweet review. It means a lot to me. That's all I want to talk about in the intro. I want to jump right on in and talk about what to do when you feel guilty for living a good life. So I suppose where I'm going to start, I told you that I have many different angles that I can come at this from. But where I'm going to start is to bring this back to the conversation I was recently having with Ryan Yokomi. Um, he was on the podcast. I interviewed him on the shadow side. And that episode has been striking a lot of chords throughout many of you listeners. And I've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of messages about the shadow self and the work that each one of you are doing. Like, hey, I'm working now on my anger shadow self and owning that. Or, hey, I'm realizing that I have a really hard time with criticism. Or I have a really hard time with freedom and being myself. And those two go hand in hand. And I'm loving hearing so much about you all looking at the dark shadow within yourself. On top of that, there's something that we talked about in that podcast episode that hasn't been brought up by anyone. That's the light shadow. And I am not surprised one bit that this part of the episode is not getting quite as much recognition because we tend to be more okay with looking at the dark shadow, the things about us that we repress and feel shameful for because our minds work that way. We're a little bit more prone to calling out those things within ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge 
and focusing on it and looking at it and working on it because that's a place to do work. And many of us actually enjoy the process of doing work. We like knowing that we're working on ourselves and improving ourselves. For many of the listeners of this show and people in the spiritual space, the personal development space, finding things that you want to work on in your life is kind of exciting. It's like, yay, I get to work on my anger. I get to work on my relationship with my mama. I get to work on this and that. Like, it's fun to have these projects within ourselves. And of course, that's not everyone. Some of you may be listening to this being like, no, I want to hide away from all of that. And that is so welcome too. Uh, This is not one size fits all, but I know for the majority of people I speak with, we're just more open to discussing some of the blocks in our life, some of the limiting limiting beliefs, some of the issues, some of the struggles. We're just more open to that. Now, when it comes to speaking of your own brilliance, the light shadow, your wisdom, your sensuality, your beauty, your magnetism, your smarts, your accomplishments, your own praise, self-praise, that's very rarely heard. I don't, I don't receive all too many emails and comments from people saying, wow, like I am just so in awe of my own XYZ right now. Like, thank you for that episode because it showed to me how beautiful of a person I really am and how smart I am. Of course I do receive that sometimes. And it's so exciting when I do receive that. And it's a huge stepping stone of growth whenever you can slow down and acknowledge yourself for how incredibly brilliant you are and and even more so sharing with your soul sisters how awesome you are and maybe even risk them not quite understanding the beauty and self-praise some people will be like we'll still be in that space of whoa she's full of herself but again that like the shadow work is just endless because again when someone is praising themselves and someone else gets triggered by it I'm like let's just pretend I'm so like in my own basking in my brilliance and I'm like I'm a brilliant coach blah 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 and someone listens to me and they're like oh she's full of herself I have received comments like that I received a comment once saying I was a narcissist and I think I mentioned this actually on the podcast before but I received a comment saying I was a narcissist for having a picture of me swimming And I was like totally embracing my brilliance there. I was like, hey, I've got a body. I've got a swimsuit on. Body positivity. Yay. And this person saw me owning my shit and didn't really love it. And that triggered their dark shadow. So even when you're owning up to your brilliance, if people get triggered, they're really just getting triggered by the parts of themselves they have not yet acknowledged or accepted. So essentially today... What we're talking about when we talk about what to do when you feel guilty for a good life is the same as the shadow work, but this time it's the opposite side of the spectrum. It's your light shadow. It's your amazingness, your goodness, your abundance, all that the world is giving you. Here's a very small example. So there was a person that I was dating in my life and he is doing this, he's doing this, this, um, circle and kind of new to the, this spiritual opening your heart and soul, not from Boulder. And uh, for, for me, like, oh, yes, let's all just gather in a circle and pour our hearts out and cry and hold each other and do cuddle puddles. That's my jam. But I know for some people that can be a very uncomfortable space and a very new space. And they don't 
they don't feel maybe even totally aware to their own traumas. Not to say that this is what this person was not woken up to, but I know that can be the case for many people. We all have had trauma in our life. We have all had trauma. If I sit down with you and you tell me you haven't had trauma, but you give me a little bit more time with you, it will come out and I'll be like, hey, whoa, that, like, that experience you just shared, why are you not acknowledging that as something big in your life? And so many people are just like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, okay, yeah, maybe, wow, ah, bleh. and you start to look at it and you realize how affecting it really was in your life. So this person had sat in one of these circles and everyone went one by one sharing their story and a place in their life they held a lot of pain. There were tears shed. It was quite an opening experience. So I heard for a lot of people to just lay it all out there on the table. And my my friend here felt very bad he felt very bad because he didn't have a story as sad as theirs and his upbringing was good and it was lovely and it was nurturing so he felt really guilty and really shameful being in this room full of people with tragedies and the only thing that comes to mind when I hear a story like that when someone comes to me and says hey I am a teacher and I work with all these students that are going through terrible home lives and I had a good home life and it makes me feel really guilty or hey I've got a group full of girlfriends and all of them are dealing with terrible relationship stories and struggles and I've got a great husband I feel guilty for this and I don't know how to help them my one question for you if this ever runs through your head whenever you are in a good space and you have money and you have a good job and you have a good relationship and things are good. My question for you is, do you think that the world right now needs you to decrease your happiness, decrease your joy, bring on the struggles, have a cup that's overflowing, um, have more pain bodies and reverse the healing you've done in your life is that what the world needs is that what the world needs because when you feel guilty for whenever you have healed when you are moving forward when you are getting the dream job when you are entering a relationship you love and it feels too good to be true that you're so terrified of holding on to it that is still a coping mechanism feeling guilty it's still a way to not let yourself get close to the good life you're being given an arm's length, a distance. That's still you saying, universe, I don't trust you. Or it is another way of saying, universe, um, I can't relate to people. I can't serve people. I can't serve anyone because I haven't experienced what they've experienced. I don't know. What should I do? I feel bad. Should I be in these pe- the presence of these people? I, um, oh, I just feel so guilty for having a good life. You are telling the universe that you should have had a life that was shit too. Or you should have more trauma. Or you need more to heal and work on. And this is what I see happen a lot of the times. Is that people will go through something very challenging and very difficult. Very hard. And you'll be at what you may consider to be rock bottom. Struggle, pain. Some people include alcohol, drugs, disordered eating, exercise, addiction, body abuse, cutting, anger, outlashes. That's your rock bottom because everyone has 
struggles in our lives. Not everyone hits something called rock bottom, but we all do have painful experiences in our life. All of us do. Even if you've repressed experiencing the frustration and the anger at it, you've had it. And so what happens is we get to this point of being in the darkness and we say, hey, universe, I'm surrendering. I realize my plan isn't working. I want you to come in and intervene and to help me. You're on your knees and you're saying, please help me, pick me up, give me a sign. And then you start seeing 1111, which is the sign from the, the, the number from the angels. And then you might see a, a white feather, which is also uh, a gift from the angels for you. And then you might which I totally found in my hair, by the way. The other day I was like talking to Mary Magdalene and I found a white feather in my hair. Still unpacking that. Yeah, still feeling that through. So I'm not going to go into that, but it was amazing. So take note of those things because the universe and um, our spirit guides and God and the angels, I think they speak to us in many different ways. And you can you can change around the verbiage to make it work with whatever way works for you. Um, when I say the divine, the spirit. But anyways, going back to what I was talking about, we have this moment of, ah, I'm struggling, help me, I surrender. I'm stepping into the flow. I'm becoming a river, a river, take me wherever you want me to go. And then the universe is like, cool, I think she means this. Yeah, I'm gonna do this for her. I'm gonna give her some hope. I'm gonna give her some signs. I'm gonna give her some good girlfriends in her life. I'm gonna give her that relationship back with her mom. I'm going to give her a retreat opportunity. I'm going to give her this, 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 this. Then all of a sudden, you start to enter a state of abundance. You start to attract in more money. You start to actually have confidence and believe in yourself. You start to let go of, I have got to have the perfect body mentality. And you start to gain weight and actually be okay with it. And you start to have freedom and love and all these awesome things are happening for you. And you're like, yeah, I'm high on life. Life is good. And then you go into work where people are humdrum. Or you go to that retreat and people share their, their stories and their souls. And you go to that coaching group and everyone is still sounding like they're stuck. And then all of a sudden, that abundance that you've been given by the universe, the good times, the good energy, you start feeling guilty for it. And it goes to flip-flop. You're not happy when things aren't good. And then all of a sudden, you're not happy when things are good. You're giving the world mixed signals with what you want. Here's the bottom line. The world does not become a better place when you are brought down. Take your ego out of it. Because the ego... The ego is what is looking for importance and being special and the ego gets a little bit frightened by taking itself out of the picture. And so what I mean by that is sometimes we naturally want to go into a state of making up this term, I think, but wounderottery. <laughs> that doesn't really roll off the tongue that well, but wounderottery, like camaraderie with our wounds. And the ego is the part of you that is saying that you're not going to move past those wounds because this, this wound is giving you some importance. And so what if the universe wants you to have a good life? What if the universe wants you to thrive and be full of abundance? Your ego is like, no, I get to choose. I'm going to stay in my wounds. I'm going to stay in my dark shadow. I, 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 I get to choose. And it's not surrendering. It's not the opposite of surrendering. We don't just surrender in the darkness. We surrender in the light. 
And the ego is what's saying, I get to choose when I surrender and how I surrender and if it makes me feel good or doesn't make me feel good or if I'm important or if I'm making camaraderie with people. So I encourage you so deeply, I invite you to let go of your wound or rottery. I'm going to have to write that down so I can really look at it and know how to say it. Wound or rottery, okay? It's the camaraderie with your wounds. You might best serve this world by totally embracing all of the awesome, all of your brilliance, your uniqueness, your quirks, your humor, your awesome body. I have seen, met, and worked with people who work hard in the gym and train and eat well and then get the body they want from a place of love, okay? I've seen it on both sides. I've seen it not from a place of love many times, but I've also seen it from a place of love. And they create this. They get the body that they've been striving to create and all of a sudden they feel guilty for it. As if now that they have this lean body, they have the body they wanted, whatever, um, now that they have this, they are full of themselves or they are trying too hard to be beautiful. So they have to cover themselves up and they're not owning their light shadow. They're not owning the brilliance and the beauty and the health. And so in order to feel more comfortable in their own body, instead of simply embracing and saying, this is my body, it's healthy, it's fit, it feels good, I like it, I like looking like this, they say, well, I like looking like this, but I don't think the rest of the world is going to like it because the body positivity movement might say that now I'm full of myself and I'm striving to eat this way and look this way, so I should hide it up with big baggy t-shirts. And I also don't want people to be looking at me thinking that I just try too hard. And this is a shame as well because how we want our bodies to be a place of, of comfort and, and growth and movement and health. Yes, we want to feel good. So, so many people are out there struggling right now with their health. Whether they have a gluten intolerance they're just now getting used to or maybe they grew up on junk food and now they're having to teach their metabolism how to become strong again and create some body heat, or maybe they have hypothyroidism, I don't know. But many people are struggling with health and they're in that rock bottom state and they're saying, okay, universe, I surrender. Please give me some help. I wanna be able to lovingly move my body again and feel good in my body. And I pray, I pray to God that once this person who has struggled, struggled, struggled with their health gets health, they can own it, they can love it. Because if you're not happy, when you're in the state that you have been asking for, when will you be happy? When will you ever be happy if you don't know how to receive from the universe? And also, do you think the universe is still going to keep giving to you if you don't know how to receive it? It doesn't matter to the universe if it knows you're going to be guilty and upset either way. So why not learn how to embrace and love and own the life that you're working towards? because you are not serving anyone by bringing yourself back down. Take, for example, someone that you really look up to. So for me, these days, I am just the biggest fan of Ellen DeGeneres. I am in love with her. I never really used to watch daytime talk shows like that. I didn't grow up watching Oprah myself, but recently I've been feeling really inclined to get to know Ellen a little bit more. And I've been recording her show and I've been watching it and God, I feel like she's my spirit animal. I just really 
resonate with so much that she's doing in this world and the way she does it. She has a very strong connection with her inner child. She's hilarious. She's playful, but she's also incorporating serious topics when she does it. And I find that to be very inspiring. Now, when I look at Ellen, I have to ask, like, she's serving so many people, right? She's serving the world so powerfully. Think about someone that you really look up to. For me, in this case, it's Ellen. Would thousands of people be served if Ellen didn't know how to own up to her genius. If Ellen was too afraid of speaking her truth, of actually being funny, of pointing out the ironic nature of leaders in our society today, if she was too afraid to do that, too afraid to step into her brilliance, she wouldn't be doing the magical things she's doing in the world. She has a happy life. She has a wonderful marriage. She has a wonderful home. She's comfortable and she's living in wealth. And I'm so happy for it because of what she's doing with that wealth. She's now spreading it. She's not just staying in her home, doing nothing with it and just sitting in it. I wouldn't judge her for that either, but that's not the life she has chosen. She's received this wealth and she's so grateful for it. And now she's giving back to the world. And she's giving back to the world in big ways. That doesn't mean everyone has to do it in the same way, okay? But my point of this is that we want people today to have money and to have influence that are good. Who needs the money and the power and the influence right now more than anybody? Good people. People who want to serve, who want to give back, who are full of love and light. Those are the people we want to have amazing lives. I'm so glad that Elizabeth Gilbert is living an affluent life and is doing well and is finding love because she's creating works of art from that joy that we can all enjoy. If she was living on the streets and no one cared for her and she was doing terribly and she was doing drugs, think about how many people would go without her inspiration. Think about how many people would go without their own eat, pray, love story. If Brene Brown was not owning up to her own brilliance, think about how many people would not even be exposed to the word vulnerability. That is no different than you. When things are going well for you, you then touch the lives of many with your own light and your own love and your own inspirational wisdom. And this brings me to another point I, I really want to touch on is that yes, you are full of light and yes, you are full of love and I want you to own your brilliance. It doesn't mean that you now have to go make it your career and your job to spread it. I'm not saying that I want you to hold back from spreading it, but I know it can then feel like a chore that you have to go sign up for all these different volunteer activities and you have to coach every friend that you have if you want to be a coach and you have to constantly be handing out wisdom and you know what a lot of times this can end up going back to a place of the ego because you start to give because you feel that your gifts and people listening to your gifts and taking your insight and taking your inspiration will give you worthiness so you're doing well and you're feeling good and then all of a sudden, maybe you embrace it, you embrace your light shadow, and then the little tricky thing to look out for is whether or not you start then getting frustrated if people aren't following along your path and following along your brilliance and, and listening to all your insight and taking all your wisdom. So I hope this is, is making sense to many of you, but let me see if I can give an example here to help 
explain what I'm talking about. There have been times in my coaching career where I have gotten, I've been frustrated with an experience in serving. Maybe it was a retreat, maybe it was coaching, but I wanted someone to get what I was saying. They had an issue, they had a problem that they came to me about, and I, I, I wanted them to get what I was saying so that they could have the result and the breakthrough I wanted. And this, again, is coming from the ego. It was not about the the person and what they needed to receive in that moment. It was about me needing to feel like a good coach, a good speaker, that I served the world powerfully and I changed people's lives. And it wasn't about them leaving and walking away feeling amazing. It was about me feeling amazing about being a good speaker and a good teacher. So we're kind of going into a different avenue here, but I feel that it ties in very well and it's just something important that I wanted to share with you. Once you start owning your good life, you don't have to, let me see how to phrase this. You do not have to continuously prove that you've earned it through your works. Does that make sense? When you're owning your good life, this is a scary thought, but when you're finally saying, yes, I deserve abundance, I can receive this, I can receive this love from this partner, I can receive this love from this friend, I can receive this money and this paycheck, I can receive this, put that on a sticky note on your mirror, I can receive this, never forget it, it's really helpful. Um, When you can start saying, I can receive this, the ego might start trying to come back in and it might say okay you've you've surrendered and you've enjoyed the abundance for a while but now you have to prove that you deserve it you have to prove your through your works and through changing people's lives you deserve it and that's still about you and that's still coming from a place of guilt if you think about it it's still saying if i don't constantly prove that i am deserving of this life and i don't prove that i'm deserving of this worthiness through my work ethic and through changing people's lives with my inspiration and my wisdom, then I don't deserve it. And that's not true. You are inherently good. You are an inherently beautiful, bright being. And whatever you were told as a child about having to earn that and having to prove that and having to live a lifestyle of black and white, I want you to begin to look at those patterns and how they're showing up in your life so that you can have the self-awareness to let them go. You can have an enjoyable life without changing the lives of thousands or of millions or even of you know, five people a day. Sometimes simply your presence is what will bring joy to people. Sometimes simply your being is what makes their day. But either way, when you start to adopt this good life you've been given and you're enjoying it and you're letting go of the guilt and you're showing up for the world just with your being and your presence, Know that you are deserving of a good life simply because you have a heartbeat. Not because you transformed five people's lives this week through powerful conversations and slowing down and picking up all the phone calls because that's when we start to let go of our boundaries is when we're in a good place and then we feel guilty for not picking up the phone every time a friend calls or we feel guilty for not answering every single email within the hour that we receive it. We start doing all these things and then we're losing our boundaries. Because if we have a good life, who are we to have boundaries? We've been given a good life so we shouldn't have boundaries. 
No, you should still have boundaries. This is where the masculine comes in. The boundary setting, not being taken advantage of and knowing you can still have goodness and beauty and smarts and relationships and you can also have boundaries. You can also protect your sacred space. And because you say no doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't mean you're not going to be given opportunities anymore. It doesn't mean your friends are going to stop asking you to hang out. My encouragement here is for you to step into a space of bodily intuition where you listen to your body on when you're wanting to say yes and when you're wanting to say no. When you're wanting to serve and stop what you're doing and pick up the phone to speak with someone who needs you and when you really, really, really need to rest and you need to say no to opportunities. Because some weeks you're going to want to serve and serve and you're going to want to give back and you're going to want to think about every friend that pops in your head and call them and make everyone feel special around you and you're really going to be coming outwardly at this. You're going to be full of outward energy and that's a lot of the masculine. It's the sun, right? It's the brightness. You're going to want to go over to a friend's house and hang out and you're going to want to do this and listen to their boy problems and do this and this and this and you're going to be like, I have such a good life and I just want to give, give, give and it feels good. But you have to know there's also going to be the opposite. There's going to be the yin. There's going to be the retreating inward. And you are allowed to retreat inward and to to stay with yourself and to keep your light to yourself for a bit of time. You know? Because the light doesn't disappear just because you're not abundantly spreading it on purpose. It's still there. It's still innate. It's still within you. You do not have to prove your gifts to remind everyone that you have them or make your ego feel special. You are special simply because you exist. You have gifts. They're innate. They're not going anywhere. You don't have to consistently bring them up to remind the world that you're a good person. The world knows you're a good person. You're doing the best you can. And leaders and healers and friends and speakers and moms and dads and daughters, we all need periods of retreating inward and still living our good life. Because like that beautiful analogy goes, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you can put on the oxygen mask on others. So if there's a time period you need to go through to to put the oxygen mask on your face and to breathe and to rest, maybe it's during the winter, maybe it's during the spring, maybe it's just a state of mind, maybe it's just a period when you're saying no to a lot of things, know that it's okay this world still wants to nourish you and still wants to give you goodness. Even if you're not actively going out and volunteering every single weekend, you are still deserving of this beautiful life. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode as always. This is 197. We're getting on up there to 200. So that's going to be an exciting milestone. Next week, we are airing an episode with Dr. Anita Johnston. This episode has to be one of the best that I've had in a while. We're going to be talking about her book, Eating in the Light of the Moon, which is a disordered eating recovery book with a lot of feminine analogy, feminine metaphors, myths, stories. It's such a nourishing book. 
I don't remember the last, I mean, not remember the last time I've had so many amazing people on, but I'm just going to say that she is such an, a nurturing presence and an eloquent speaker. And it left me in awe. And then after that, last but not least, I just want to mention I'm having Josh Trent on the podcast. And again, this was one of the most incredible episodes. We've got two really, really phenomenal episodes coming up. Dr. Anita Johnston and Josh Trent. I highly recommend you you check out both of those people's works before the episodes air. And as always, Instagram is a wonderful place to connect with me if you're looking to read more of my works in the meantime in between episodes. That is the best place to follow me because Instagram is where I, I let out a lot of my writings these days and I've been writing basically like mini blog posts instead of on my blog. So if you want to keep up with me there, it's Madeline Moon. And I would love to see your bright, shiny face if you want to ask any questions over on Instagram or just leaving a comment on the show notes for this episode. That's all for today. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and I'll see you soon.